0: Good morning, afternoon and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by the guys at ExoticLimo.com.au. My name's Corey. Brett couldn't join us today, but as always, alongside me is Bombs... Choo-choo!
1: That's right, Corey. Unlike Brett, the Bombs Express is always a show. And uh, today, well, not only do we have the great news that Supercoach has finally opened for non-gold subscribers last year... Um, but we've got a uh, ruck podcast here um, in the really early uh, stages of preseason talk going on for you listeners. So before we get stuck right into it, Corey, where can the listeners hit us up on social media?
0: Uh, find us on Twitter at SC Elites. Find us on SoundCloud, iTunes, Facebook at Supercoach Elites. And as always, at www. Dot supercoach com where you can find all our weekly articles, all our content, uh, sorry, our preseason articles, I should say, um, and probably no need for the team picker anymore, but wasn't that good during the offseason. Um, yeah, exciting times, exciting times, bombs. Uh We got the well, rocks today.
1: Exciting that Brett's not here, to, to, to be quite frank with you. When you when you gave me the old message this afternoon, Brett is not here, I couldn't be more excited to drop a podcast in my entire life. This will be a ripper, this one.
0: It's always good when Brett's not here, because you can just <laughs> take cheap shots at him as well. So, <laughs> um...
1: Rumour is it, uh, well, rumour is it, no, rumour has it, that he's uh, prepping for the chilli challenge. And uh, whilst we've been having some, you know, backdoor kind of discussions about it, he's uh, cracked the shits and just taken off.
0: Yeah, well he had to start, apparently he doesn't really have a, a, a high uh, pain threshold when it comes to chillies, so <laughs> during the week he's uh, he's been having to start on some sour bombs, you know, the old school sour bombs, just to try and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, warm the tongue up there. But Warheads. Yeah, so, Get on the um, yeah, good luck, brother, with that one. Uh, Rucks today, Bombs, if you could have one quick guess, who do you reckon the most owned Ruckman is right now?
1: Oh, i would have to be Brody Grundy. It's <laughs> Brody
0: Grundy's he currently know, sitting in seventy eight percent of teams. Bruised toe this week at training, having two weeks off. Probably not too much to worry about there with Brody Grundy. Um I oh, did did you hear who stood on his toe? I didn't
1: nah, quite catch I, that. I
0: know someone stood I, on his toe, but
1: Well I know he's a bruised toe. Uh they can be painful, but that, that is a non uh that, that is almost an irrelevant story. Bruised toe sitting in a week or two of pre training. I mean, um, come on.
0: Sorry, my average was 130.4 last year. No Ruckman has gone back-to-back number one since when, Box Cox. Cox? I think it was
1: Dean Cox, early 2000s. That's certainly over a decade ago.
0: So that's an insane stat. Can Brodie Grundy be the first to do so?
1: Well, can you go back-to-back? you have a look at all the other names, and you think, well, why the hell not? Um, But I feel like we were having this exact conversation last year with Cruiser. Um, you know, certainly towards the, the kind of the, the back end of preseason when we're getting closer to selecting our teams. And if I'm not mistaken, me and you went with Cruz, I think, and yep. that maybe he'll just uh, buck the trend. It feels a little different with Grundy because he doesn't have kind of the injury uh, sort of history. He also um, is a lot younger. Um, his year was a lot better than Cruz's kind of the year prior. And, um, yeah, it just feels different. Gee, it's it's hard to... He, look, you'd think he'd be top two. Maybe he won't actually uh, go back-to-back back and, and maybe some other Ruckman will come up and uh, take number one spot. But you certainly think he'd be in the top two, certainly in the top three, I would have thought.
0: It's kind of a different mould of Ruckman too, I think, Brady Grundy. Is, uh a lot more mobile and a lot more... Um, you know, picks up the 20, 25 possessions at the same time as well as dominating the Ruck and, you know, always good at hitting out to advantage... He is a rockman. It's always hard for them to go back-to-back. Back. Does the inclusion of Dane Beams help him?
1: No, I don't think it helps him. I think it hinders him because Supercoach has a limited amount of points. Um, now, we all know how stacked kind of the pies midfielders at the moment, probably the number one midfielder in the comp. But um, with Grundy in there, I mean, Beams, you can kind of say Beams will take 100, 110 points um, on the season average. That's probably up from some midfielder who was only averaging 40 a week in the Collingwood team. So... You'd have to think there's 70 points less up for grabs uh, for Brundy in kind of on any given game. That's kind of the way I look at it. I, I can't see him going 130 again, but I don't really see it dipping below 115.
0: Well, that was going to be my question. What did you think he was going to average on the season? You said 115. I tend to agree. I've got it a little bit higher. I reckon it'll be around that 118. But a 130 season, that's just absolutely phenomenal. Um, it's, It's hard to see how someone could back that up. Um... I don't think it's going to hinder him over like too much. I don't think it's going to help him too much either. I think that uh, there, there'll be other players that will kind of affect more than you know your number one Ruckman. But there's only so many people that can pick that mm. ball up around the ground as well, too. Yeah. So I think that's why his points will probably be down a little bit. I oh, tend to back the number one Ruckman from previous years every year. Going through Brody Grundy's numbers, I can't see how I won't start him as well. It's just phenomenal. Um, his ceiling is extraordinary. His um, basement, if you want to call it, is also extraordinary as well. What's his last score for the year? Was it ninety-five?
1: Something along those lines, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. So it's just he's just an animal. Then he's a beast, and he, he look, like he looks like he's enjoying his footy, and yeah. I expect big things from Brody Grundy again this year. We'll go on to the number two, though. Uh, Maxi Gorn, 127.5 average last year, currently Mm. in 58% of teams. Now, Bombs, I know that you're not as excited about Max Gorn with uh, Big Prusy coming at 692K. Do you want to give me the rundown?
1: Yeah, gee, it just staggers me what's happened here. They've recruited Brodie and They've got Gorn, who, in my opinion... Is the number one Ruckman in the AFL. His work around the ground, his contested marking, all that sort of stuff was just fantastic last year. No, no one could stop him. My concern now is that they've brought in Braden Pruce, but the bigger concern is the fact that they've lost Jesse Hogan. Now, people are going to say, well, they're going to play the Sam Wiedemann guy, kick four goals in a final, or three goals, whatever the hell it was. That's not going to happen. I don't, think. I don't think they can rely on Wiedemann coming in and having an impact in the forward line and structuring that forward line up as well as Hogan did. They're in a time to strike right now for a flag, These My concern is how good Gorn was around the ground last year and how good he was when he kind of floats forward or even spent some time in the forward line. His ability to take marks, we know he had a few blunders in front of goal, but his ability to kick goals as well was second to none. And whether that means they go with two Ruckman, so kind of Bruce coming in to to fill Hogan's void in the team now, and knowing that Gorn can do it up front, that that concerns me. And I'm not sure I'm willing to pay six hundred and ninety-two thousand on that sort of risk, because we could see, you know, Gorn be sub six hundred thousand kind of in the first four to six weeks if Bruce if Bruce is a starting player. So currently I'm actually looking elsewhere. Um, which is which is a really hard thing for me to say because we all know how much I love Max Gorn. The thing I think about this as well is that if there was no Brayden Bruce, I would be starting Gorn over Grundy without without a doubt.
0: I strongly agree with you on that statement. i definitely have Gorn if Brucey wasn't there. Um is it gonna come into the season well no, sorry, could you see it coming into the season where Potentially, Proust actually has no impact on Gorn at all?
1: I'd, if Proust does not play football, well, then it's not going to have an impact. I, I think when you trade in, and, you know, let's let's face it, you, you trade in a, a bloke who's 26, 27, specifically for more support for Max Gorn, what are they going to do? Drop Gorn for a week so Proust can fill in for one game? No, to me, more support, that sounds like support on game day. And, and that's the concern I have with this. If they start the season without Proust, and we saw that happen with North last year, they started the season without um, without Proust, and a lot more people would have jumped on Goldie, and Goldie averaged over 100 again, um, I'd be inclined to go with Gorn, knowing that didn't select Proust from round one, because that's as probably as cherry ripe or willing, go ahead.
0: Any chance that you think that happens, that maybe Melbourne... I know they've said a lot of positive things about Prucey, but maybe Melbourne have gone into the season with the idea of, all right, well, we've got to keep him We've got to make him come here to be happy. Um, you know, at, at yeah. best, he's probably is going to be a backup. Is there a chance that they do go the solo ruckman and Proust just has to sit on the sidelines?
1: Yeah, there, there is a chance of that. But I think there's a high chance at some point through the year that you're going to see Proust comes in. And it's just a matter of whether that works or not for the team. I think the the reality is, is that if they start the year with Wiedemann up front, um, that they'll give him a go. And if that doesn't work or if he's you know not consistent, let's face it, he's a 20-year-old key forward, whatever he is, he's not going to be consistent. He's probably not going to tear apart games, that they're going to kind of drop him for periods of time and someone else is going to come in. Am I right in saying Cam Pedersen was delisted last year or retired? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. So, so he's gone and he was kind of the guy that was coming in at kind of that centre-half forward yeah. position. I, I don't know who else is going to do it. I, I really can't see who the other option is for, for the Ds to do that. So at some point, we are going to see Proust, and, and this is what scares me about it, because I think without Proust, Gorn would be the highest averaging Ruckman this year. I pretty much don't have doubts about him being in the top two. Um, so the, yeah, I mean, I, I, th- I don't think I can move past that concern. And at the moment, I'm, I'm building the structure of my team without Gorn in it, which is hard to say.
0: Yeah. where do, What do you see him averaging?
1: In saying all that, she's one twelve,
0: which is still, if you're going it's off last still season, it's still number two numbers.
1: Yeah, but yeah. I just feel like you're taking a risk, and you're paying seven hundred thousand on that risk.
0: Yeah, and it's better to use a trade later down the track.
1: I'd much feel much more comfortable, and we'll probably speak about yeah, uh, we definitely will. someone else later about who could who we could use to fill that void. But I'm more comfortable going in with that than potentially paying seven hundred thousand on someone. I'm feeling like I've got to keep them for the entire year. Yep,
0: Steph Martin finished third last year, hundred and five point seven. Um, played twenty two games. He's always he's always been pretty good at doing that. Mm-hmm. what can we expect from Steph Martin? Lockie Neal going in there, I think is going to help him. I know they lost beams, but I think that tap down to Lockie Neal is going to be very effective. Is we know he's a um, an accumulator, someone that they haven't really had before. Is you know in Lockie Neal, someone who can accumulate high number of possessions over and over again. I think last time we seen that was when Tom Rockliffe you know, two three years ago, was in prime form of of, of doing that. Mm-hmm. And Steph Martin almost, you know, relishes off that. But he can go. he's very similar to Brody Grundy. He goes around the ground, gets his own ball. Can you see Steph Martin bettering his average of last year?
1: No, I can't see him bettering it, but I can see him kind of hovering um, and maybe dropping kind of three, four, five points on average a game. Um, he's been good, though, the last, what's that, five years, whatever it is. He's gone 111, 110, 89, 98, and 105. But again, you're picking Steph Martin at the start of the year, you're kind of banking on him kind of being top two when you're paying that sort of price. It's it's not like you're paying three four hundred thousand for someone who's going to get you up to um, someone like a Brody Grundy or whoever the kind of the one two combo will be later in the year. You're paying that money. Yeah, you're, you're kind of banking that. You certainly want him to be at least top three kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that's fair enough. So is that the same case with that big boy? Nat, uh, big boy. I said big boy Natavoy Then as I was nickname Nick Nat, no, his name is Big Boy McAvoy.
1: Yeah, McAvoy I wouldn't even consider to be honest. There's, I don't know, he what is he like twenty eight or something? But I feel like he's like thirty four. Yes. Yeah, um. Yeah. I think yeah, he might be thirty. I, I feel like he's a lot older when I watch him play. Maybe that's just because he looks very lumbering around the ground. But I wouldn't be going anywhere near it. And one um, percent of teams have probably got it wrong right now. I think.
0: Uh, he is twenty nine, turning thirty. So I did have that right. Um, yeah, he's currently sitting in one percent of teams. Big Boy McAvoy. So someone's backing him to have a an all right here, uh, an all right year. This man has had plenty of talk. Justin Westhoff. There's a lot talking about using. his the rotating ruckman forward? Um, I suppose you'll probably get another brief little mention next week. But can you? Where's that theory? Because when Supercoach opened and they announced that he was going to be a forward ruck, there was a lot of talk around teams with Westy. Um, do you think that still stands, or you think everyone's died down on it a bit? 22% of teams. So, you got to assume that maybe there's a couple picking him up forward, a couple maybe picking me in the ruck till they figure out who um, that next best ruckman's going to be. Maybe wait a little bit and jump on Gorn um, when he drops by sending um, Westhoff up forward. What's your theory on stuff?
1: Ken, my theory, I need to raise another player. Can I Can I raise the other player? Yeah. Um, now, you can liken this bloke to, a little, to to like a phoenix, right, or a fournox, whatever you want to call it, right? But this <laughs> phoenix, the ashes. right, he's risen from the ashes. That's exactly right. He comes in, he represents life over death, all that sort of stuff. Now, we're obviously referring to the phoenix Shane Mumford, right? Now, he's come out of retirement, mummy. Phoenix. Maybe we'll just call him the Phoenix from just now run on. What do you reckon?
0: Phoenix for the rest We'll, of the just,
1: year. Run. we'll, we'll just call him with the Phoenix for the rest of the year, right? But he's come out of retirement and he's sitting at 320K. Now, the beauty about this is I feel like we've got uncertainty around who are going to be the best rucks. The beauty of Shane Mumford is he's going to cost you 300K. Now, the negative is he's going to miss the first two, first two games because of that you know, picture of him snorting coke or whatever it was over the <laughs> off season. Um, got, got, you know, and then they put in the ban and all that. We all know what happened there. Now, Mumford misses the first two games. That's fine. Sit him on your pine. Use a Ruckford 102k player. I think there's a Geelong fella um, at 102k there. Ruckford. Um, use him to swing West off into your rucks to cover that position for two games, um, and play a forward line rookie to so you're kind of you know not missing out on points. And by the time round three comes around and we have got head to head games going, then you're good to go. What you need to consider in this is with Justin Westhoff, you're picking him based on your thinking he's going to be a top six to eight forward. If Westhoff drops off heaps, this is not worth it. But let me guarantee you this. If Westhoff is somewhere around that top six to eight, then the absolute correct move to do is to bring in the Fornix. to, To me, that is just so logical.
0: Where do you think Westhoff's playing this year?
1: Well, I don't think it matters because I think he's been a Mister Fixit his entire career. So sure, he's had more stints in the ruck, but who did they? Who did they recruit? They recruited someone there for the ruck, didn't they uh, this year? The,
0: it's almost succinctly, uh, Lyset.
1: Yes, yeah, so the recruit. So we know Lyset's going to get games. So Lyset, however you want to say it, right? We know that's going to happen. So does that mean Westhoff? You know, plays a little bit less time ruck? Yeah, for sure. But does that mean he plays less midfield time? I don't think so. I think that I think they genuinely like him around the ball. They like him a kick behind. They like him up front. We know he's got ability to kind of play everywhere. But we also know last year was kind of like the first year he kind of really became super coach relevant. And that's probably the concern. The concern is we always see a lot of players have one year here, one year there, where they're kind of done pretty good. But then they either die off or they go back to kind of what we're expecting. If we look at Westoff, he's only averaged 100 once in his career and he's only averaged above 95 on one other occasion. So it's certainly a big risk.
0: Before we talk about the other players, should we talk about our Phoenix tactic, or do you want to wait till we speak about it oh,
1: later? Let's, in... No, no, let's, let's just go with it now. We're, we're on.
0: So I'm glad you bring up the Phoenix, Shane Mumford, um, because i done my team reveal, what, a week ago, two weeks ago now, um, and got absolutely hammered. ...by the community for having Shane Mumford in there. I explained exactly the reason why I'd picked him in there at the start... More of it was just to have a look at what it would be like, you know, open up the different view, um, you know, experiment a little bit. I don't think people really gave a shit about reading what I wrote. It was more about (laughs) looking at my photo and looking at comments over and over again about how he's missing the first two weeks. I'm well and truly aware the Phoenix is out. Um, I know what the Phoenix has done, being punished (laughs) for his past mistakes. But I like the idea of the Phoenix and someone else as well. I'm not looking at the Phoenix and West Off. I'm looking at a uh, mummy alongside an up and coming player, someone to that's, that hopefully gets a go during the preseason or or even someone like Naismith, who we'll talk will probably have a quick chat about as well, who who I think can take that number one ruck mantle down at Sydney. You know, mm. I think they might use Sinclair up forward a little bit, and and this is what I spoke about. I spoke about monitoring someone else around that price because imagine the gift we would get hypothetically if you could run into the season with Grundy, the Phoenix, and during a one fifty k, or yeah, during the JLT, we get yeah. like a Sam Naismith at two hundred and forty k that has that time where we, we seem as the number one ruck only, and they go for another option up forward. Imagine having that. You're getting guaranteed points every week. You're getting uh, cash um, coming out of your butthole. And then you get the the biggest part that I love about this is you get the look at the number one scoring Ruckman at that period of time. We get to have a look at Gorm. We get to have a look at Stefan Martin. I got this extremely wrong a couple of years ago. That year that Sander Lance came back, um, mm. And everyone kind of grabbed Sander Lance And I was a little bit iffy Because I didn't think that he was going to get to the buy rounds I thought he was going to rest yeah. And he come out and he dominated Now I can admit yeah. that I got that wrong We learn off our prior mistake, mistakes mm. That's how we become better at Supercoach And I think right now that we are I know he's not playing the first two weeks But if we get someone else that pops up We got it there yeah. It's a gift And you've got to remember We don't play for overall We play for league and we that's want, to win what our we want to win and, this and is... league
1: games start at week three, don't they? Call exactly,
0: and and this is what I mean. I'm willing to sacrifice the overall because I think. Look, if I don't win the 50k, I don't care. You yeah. know, what I've are the odds two... you're
1: going to win the 50k anyway? Exactly. Let's let's we're we're, in, we're odds people.
0: One in how many people? How many? Oh, I'd say thousands. Thousands. Yeah, you know, 30,
1: one in sixteen in our cash leagues. You yeah, know what? I, mean. exactly. I know where I put it, my money.
0: Yeah, and, um, and that's the thing. And we and we like you know put it out there. We do pay for a little bit of. Uh, uh, banter and you know there is a bit of money in some of the leagues that we play and and, and things like that. You know, gamble responsibly, but yeah, I, I, and, and that's ex-
1: with mates. The bookies aren't collecting shit, and yeah. that's what I like about the, about it the best.
0: Um, but you know, so I think that's where that the, the Phoenix talk comes in. It for me, um, I don't see any probably way that I'd go in with the Phoenix and uh, West off situation. If that was the case, I'd probably have a look at someone else. Um, do you want to elaborate any more on the Phoenix talk?
1: Well, I think what I need to say about the Phoenix, and people are going to talk about yeah, you know, year out of the game, they think it's Shane Mumford. People will forget what the Phoenix was able to do. Let me tell you this. What do you think his lowest average was in his last eight seasons of football?
0: Well, we know towards the back end that Ruckman... Points for Ruckman has gone uh, trended upwards over the last couple of years and even prior to, you know, missing out last year significantly. Um, I'm going to go 93. 90. He's ah, going
1: aver- Now, listen <laughs> to these averages. Listen to these averages over the last eight years. 92, 112, 90, 91, 113, 105, 98, 98, and then retirement. It's a steal. This is insane. We know he's going to miss games. He only played 20 games or more in two of those seasons. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Because a bloke at 320K who can average, say, at least 90, 90 to 100, he's going to rise to 500K by the time the buy rounds come around. Have a look at GWS's ruck stocks. They're not going to play Mumford and Dawson Simpson in the same team. They're going to play Mumford. He's going to be sole ruck. He's going to score points. 300k, it's it's an absolute steal, I think. This, and if we get absolutely kissed on the you know what and given a rookie, then I'll tell you what, this is going to be something that every team's going to do. They're going to go Grundy, Mumford, rookie. It's going to happen. The, I y- think, sorry, yuck, I'll, I'll finish yuck. this. The risk, I think the riskier side of it is if you go the Hoff, Mumford, and the 102k Ford, uh, ruck swing. But let me tell you this if the Hoff. Is a top six forward, even a top eight forward by year's end, you are that far ahead of the game on the overall. It's not funny.
0: Yeah. The other thing, too, with Mumford is that think about the last time he really played in a GWS side that was this good as well. I mean, what he played, it was two years ago he played. They were still up and coming, still developing. I mean, they were good then.
1: They played in prelims, though, Corey.
0: Yeah, they did play in prelims. <laughs> I mean,. But but when you have a look at some of those other averages, I I don't know. I think I think GWS are going to be an extreme powerhouse this year, even with the loss of Dylan Shield and um, Dev Smith the year before. I just think Kelly's taken his game to another level. Um, Canilio's taken his game to another level. You know, you got the rise of. Um, kinda of hopper and Taranto around him as well. I think Mumford is gonna really, really benefit from those things. But it's all about cash. He's gonna he's gonna rise. And imagine if you get you do we do get the Phoenix and he becomes a top, you know, three or four scoring Ruckman. Like and you don't have to trade him.
1: It's look, I'm I'm glad you mentioned the Sandlands earlier because That is – and, I mean, I I didn't even think about that. But, I mean, that is just apples and apples, not apples and oranges. Um, Yeah, he's come out of retirement. But I just feel like uh, he's such a presence and he's going to want to impact games. I don't see how it goes wrong, like, to be honest. And I love being able to get the look at Gorn – Or Grundy, or you know a Goldstein who may just shoot up again, or or someone else who kind of comes from you know that that sort of next tier down. I love the ability to have a look at that, and I think worst case scenario, you pay 300k and by about round eight he's worth 450, 480, and if he's not giving you enough points and you're still not satisfied, well then you know what, then nick him off and. have a look at um at then who the next best ruckman is and, and kind of bring them in at that point.
0: I think he'll cause a lot lot of controversy over the off season. Um, oh, yeah. Do you think if you are playing for overall, it's almost too risky to start him?
1: Yeah, yeah. Overall, certainly too risky because you're you're ultimately banking on Westhoff finishing top six, top eight forward. And you need to be really really confident of that. We've seen other teams you know who, who have they picked up they've picked who's the guy with lies set I think he's a ruck forward. Don't worry about players like that. These are the ruck forward options It's west off or nothing in my opinion um, I think though if you're playing for overall and we get gifted uh you know 150 200k kind of uh, rookie ruck who can come in and fill that void. Then you're going to start that ruck anyway on your bench, so you may as well just whack him on field, let him score your eighty odd points, and play the extra Ford Primo with the money you save by getting Mumford.
0: This is a man that I really like. The next bloke, Toddy Goldstein, five hundred and forty-eight K, owned in twenty-one percent of teams at the moment, averaged hundred and one last year after some. Frustra- like a frustrating start. Seems to be back, loving his footy. I did a ride up about him last week in outside the centre square. Um, what are your thoughts on Toddy Goldstein, Bombs?
1: Um, loved it, and oh sorry, love it, and currently in my team because uh, I mean, what I spoke about Gorn before. I'm kind of looking at that sort of next tier mm-hmm. down. I like it because all of a sudden we've got no Bruce factor. And I like it because, you know, the talk over preseason is shedded about four or five kilos as well. And and if Todd Goldstein can get back around to, you know, moving well around the ground, his aerobic fitness back up with the, with the shed of kilos, maybe covering some more ground, getting in a few more link-ups. Um, and we know that North now they've, re- they've recruited kind of that half-back line, some more pace. Um, they've kind of got players going through there now. Who'd they get? Aaron Hall um, and Pittard and was it someone else they got to? I can't remember. Um, uh, can't, yeah. I think there was one more, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, then I think, you know, Goldstein can certainly average 100 again. I mean, he did 101 last year kind of without impressing or, or doing anything to anyone. So he's someone who I think can go, you know, bring that 101 up to that 110. We know what he's done in the past. Yeah,
0: exactly. We go have a look at last four years: 2015, 128.8; 108.1 in 16; 94.8 in 17. But we knew he was battling some pretty dark demons in his life and going through some cool. troubles at home. And then last year, 101.1. I think the greatest thing that I put it up—it's on the website if you want to go see it—under um, the preseason articles is the splits of his first and second half last year. This is something that I'm very big on. I spoke about it with Zach Merritt last week. I love to I love to do the, the yeah the. the Two half the season splits, and if with Todd Goldstein, we had a look at the start of the season, he was averaging at a ninety-one point seven three through the first eleven, and then we come back to the second eleven, and it was a hundred and ten point one eight. So Todd Goldstein, is someone that I've very closely monitored, and if I'm not going the mummy and the and the lower end rookie, it is Todd Goldstein and 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 Grundy, I think for me at the moment too, because. We don't have to worry about Bruce. We don't have to worry about him sharing ruck duties. He's gonna be solo ruckman. I think North are gonna be better this year. Um, they weren't bad last year, but I just think that midfield grip's gonna improve and gel together. Ben Cunnington's one of the best contested players in the game. Um, and I think we yeah. The other thing too is he loved grabbing the ball out of the ruck and just quit kicking it. Mm. Um, and I think that's gonna to help too, where you know, he's not gonna be pinned straight away for for that.
1: Well they got that new rule in there, don't they, with yeah. the ruckman where you're able to take it from the ruck and uh, possess the ball. If you get tackled, you're not going to get pinged. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, I'm very optimistic about Todd Goldstein. He's one that I'm expecting huge things from for this season. And I think at 548k, there's worse risks out there currently. And that's why, yeah, he's in 21% of teams at the moment. Because I think mm. a lot of people think he's, you know, probably one of the only Ruckman that's priced really nicely.
1: Mm. I no, like one. it. I think it's the right price to pay for that kind of for for, for, for sorry, that kind of risk.
0: Yeah, because you have Because
1: the... what's the low end of the risk? He's not gonna deviate much lower than yeah. that hundred kind of average.
0: Yeah. I mean you have a look at the players around him. Nake, we haven't seen a Yuck. really consistent year from him with that. Sanderlands there's always injury at the back of the mind. Sean Darcy's there now. I'm actually shocked that Sanderlands is actually in zero percent of teams owned. So um, there'd, right, sure. there'd be teams, there yeah, that have him. But, you know, when Supercoach opens, I just thought there'd be a couple oh,
1: more. 0.2% or something. Yeah. they are probably round, yeah. they'd probably round it. Round
0: down, I get that. I know yeah. he's not in no teams. Um, But, you know... He's currently
1: no. in my I'll just trade him in, see if we can change the stats. Nice. That well.
0: Um <laughs> Yeah, the names around him. You know, Nate, Sandy, Callum Sinclair, who I really worry about. Um, Nick Natanui, who's still injured, I believe. He's not going to be back for the start of the season, is he?
1: Brett will probably pick him anyway.
0: Yeah. Uh, Tommy Bell Chambers. The one I like, though, is Paddy Ryder. Um, 490k. They did bring the second Ruckman in, which is always the worry. Um, and sorry, when I said... I don't, I don't mean the one I like. The one I want to talk about who's interesting. I don't like him. I'm not picking him. I'm not encouraging starting with him. Um, but this was a man who, what, finished top two? Was it? Yeah. Yeah, top two top. years ago. Yeah, yeah. might was... have
1: been Cruiser was top two years No, he might ago. have been
0: top three then. Yeah, but anyway, Paddy Ryder. Any chance that anyone can have a look at him, Bob?
1: You know what I think yeah, you're kind of recalling? You, wasn't he, um, he was... Remember when me and Brett were at war because Brett was picking him up in the forward line and uh, yeah. And I was refusing to pick him. I know he ended up being like a top three Ford or something. That might be what you're thinking about. Um, th- No, I can't stand the pick. No way. Um... I think his career's done, to be honest. I'd, I'd be surprised if he played on beyond this year, and I'm, I'm going absolutely nowhere near it.
0: No issue at all. I wouldn't be touching him either. I think Lyset scares the shit out of me. Um, I don't think his career's done. I think he'll go all right, but you'll probably see him play a little bit more forward time this year too.
1: Yeah, and um, that I don't like.
0: Yeah. Ryan Abbott's been selected in quite a few teams.
1: <laughs> the, the Geelong fella.
0: Yeah, the Geelong fella. Oh, sorry, he's in 1% of teams. he got to, the Yeah. Wrong. I've, there's been a bit of talk about him. I'm all over this place with the new um, sorting of this. Um,
1: yeah, I don't. Lo- I'm not sure if I like the layout. Format,
0: the layout. We'll get used to it. Yeah, it's just no taking a little, It's taken a little while to uh, to adjust. I mean, I can't even figure out how to sort it out by um, price at the moment. There we yeah. go. And there's so there's just price. There. sorted
1: by price h to l, mates. Not rocket science.
0: Oh, it's got me, it's got me all over the place. <laughs> um, I've seen seen a team not long ago with Tom Hickey as the Ruckman, um, now that he's gone over to West Coast. can I need to find out how long Nick Nataniel is out for. But if Nick Natnew is out, say, what, eight games, nine games?
1: I think it's the first half of the year, give or take.
0: Is Tom Hickey viable?
1: No, no. You're not playing... For, no, just no. I mean, think about this bloke and... I think about the games he played down at the Saints, and I just think, no. Just look, maybe new club, new state, fresh start. Maybe you'll finally live up to some of that potential. But 485, I'm not touching that at 480. It's way too much to play.
0: Uh, he was useless when he was going to number one rocket, at St. Kilda, so I definitely won't be going near Hickey. Jared Witts, 700 foot tall, that solo job down at... um. Gold Coast. And Sam Jacobs, who's fallen out of a bit of love, he only averaged 84 last year, 455K. Make a case for either of them?
1: Um, well, we, we know if Brett was here, he'd be kind of supporting Jared Witts as yeah, he, he for normally does. Yeah, I think it is because he used to play for Collingwood. Um, but gee, that depleted Gold Coast, it's kind of like, well, who's going to score points for him? He just signed a new five-year deal. Is potentially even you know, vice-captain. I think we anticipate Swallow will get the captaincies. So he's potentially vice-captain of that team. And But, you know, if we're looking at someone, we at that kind of price, we want them to average maybe 100, 105, and I'm not sure Wits has that in you.
0: Uh, and what about... Uh, sorry, Matty Cruiser.
1: Lost my no, I learned my, my lesson last year. 15% I'm not going of theory.
0: teams, just too risky.
1: I think this is the whole... You know, you see 15% of teams selected. This is the whole Dustin Martin thing we spoke about last week where Dusty, I think, is selected based on kind of that one-year of form. I think that's what the 15% of people are doing here, that they're hoping he can return to that. I don't see it happening, and I would not be going near
0: it. Yeah, yeah. he's just... We've seen it last year. The the injury-prone factor, too. Scares the living shite out of me. I've seen... Another page today, I won't name names, on uh, Twitter, really condoning the pick of Matthew Cruiser. I can't do it. I don't even think... I don't know if he's... I'd be staggered if he got over 15 games this year. Um, He can't do it around the ground anymore.
1: It's an irregular heartbeat. (sighs) That's what he went out with. What's to say? And, I mean, they've honestly... I mean, I mean, obviously, I'm no doctor, right? I'm I'm just a bloody, you know, express trainee. That's about it. But honestly, in a regular heartbeat, to me, that's something that you kind of live with, you know, throughout your life. You know, that's a condition that gets managed in everyday life. And obviously, high intensity sport and that sort of stuff. That's obviously going to play some sort of effect with it. I would have thought. Now, they're not going to put him at risk. They're not going to play him if you know there's a chance of flare ups or you know, and all that sort of stuff. So. He's gonna miss games. We know that. He may even come off during games and not reappear due to it. What, what was that game
0: last year where that happened? He come off.
1: I can't remember, but it was in the first quarter. No, nah,
0: no, no. There was one in the in the last. I remember. I can't remember who it was. I remember. Oh, someone you needed a few points like, to win. Yeah, like yeah. ten points. It might have even been me, like ten points to win a game. From the last off. quarter. Yeah, yeah, he come off for the last fifteen minutes and sat on the point. Yeah. yeah, and
1: and that's the kind of thing you got to weigh. And and I think Carlton will actually weigh up. You know, your match committee in that. They obviously want him out there, one of the few experienced players they have, right? Who probably knows the structures a bit better than others and that sort of stuff. They're probably going to weigh up whether they need to play kind of like a second ruck most other weeks now, just in case something happens to him yep. out in the field. Everything I've heard from preseason, obviously I follow Carlton closely, being a supporter is that, you know, he's fine. He hasn't had any flare-ups over the preseason, which is good because first and foremost, let's just make sure the bloke's healthy um, because his health comes before football. But, I mean, there's no guarantee that this does not happen when, you know, matches actually start because we all know that running and fatigue and the, and the stress that exercise kind of puts on your heart and all that sort of stuff during games is a lot different to training.
0: The other thing, I mean, I know there's been plenty of cases where irregular heartbeats have popped up and they, and they do go away and you can return to elite form and things like that. But,
1: well, well, Stephenson from the Pies. Yeah. You know, that was the knock on him. That's why he didn't go pick number one, because he had this condition with the heart.
0: Yeah, um, but I mean, I just I can't see enough from Cruiser, And how many Carlton players? is too many Carlton players. I mean, I've yeah. seen a lot of teams with Cripps and um, Walsh, getting Spocker, some serious yeah, yeah, things like that. So, you yeah, yeah. coming into the season with six Carlton players, I mean...
1: You're probably not doing well.
0: Nah, you, <laughs> I think there's only there's probably only two that are, I would consider as, you know, that elite top-end talent where you know what you're going to get, and that's Cripper and Simo. You know, yeah. I think yeah. with everyone else, we're playing Russian roulette, you know, and like we said, I'd rather start with the Phoenix, and, oh, and do I'd that.
1: play 100k less and go the Phoenix yeah, for sure. Yeah,
0: because by season's end, I think that total points. I definitely think Mumford's beaten him. I actually think Mumford's probably going to average more than Cruiser.
1: Yeah, by season's I'm sure. end. So, and probably uh, similar amount of games played.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, bit of a laugh, Rory
1: Lobb. <laughs> well, you did make me giggle. No, we'll leave it at that.
0: <laughs> I'm not even going to bother. I've seen teams with um, him. Can you explain why that he's a bad pick, please? So to
1: well, do well, Rory Lobb, I mean, how, how is he a good pick? I mean, he's gone to Frio, right? He's not going to play number one ruck. He's going to go play in the forward line. Um, are you going to pick someone at six foot twelve who plays centre-half forward and probably doesn't play it beautifully? You might have the odd 140-point game, but most other weeks he'll score you 50 or 60. Because then they're begging a goal or two. Um, the Rucks last year, um, I don't have the exact kind of numbers on me, but were the Rucks two out of the top three averages for the year? I think. Corn and Grundy? Uh, I think yeah, Mitchell probably was second. Yeah. Grundy first, Mitchell I think second. It went
0: Grundy, Mitchell, Gorn.
1: Gorn. Yeah, yeah, so two out of the top three. So there's points to be kind of scored in the Ruck here. Um, so you don't want to waste a position, a Ruck position on a $411,000 key forward. And that's, a simple yeah,
0: and that's the thing. Sanderlands, Darcy, Rory Lobb. Lobb wants to play forward. He He's went there to. because that's what he wanted to do. Freo have been screaming out for a forward since they lost Matthew Pavlich. And I think they've finally got it in Rory Lobb. Well, so, hoping, yeah, but, yeah. so there is 0% chance that you could even argue yep. a case that would make me warrant listening to why Rory Lobb should be in the team.
1: And there's gonna be a huge learning curve, Lob and Hogan, on how to work together and you know, they're both walking into new environments. They both have to learn how to how each other plays, they have to learn how the people up the field play together. It's such gonna be a such a steep learning curve. Um, that for that Fremantle forward line that it's you, you can't touch it.
0: Can I say a name and then go into the team? Tom Boyd, is he going to be solo ruckman for the doggies?
1: No, I don't. I, look, I don't think so. They they took the opportunities they did last year to to kind of start blooding English, yep. and there's no reason why they won't continue to do that because he's had another preseason, he's a bit bigger, a little more mature, all those sort of things. Um, but will Boyd continue to play minutes in the ruck? Yeah, he will. But I still think Tim English um, will probably get. Um, a, a good look at it. And, look, people around this price and, you know, boys 364, I'm looking at Mumford Mumford at 320 and I'm like, why the hell aren't you pocketing that 44K and going with someone who's got a track record? So kind of anyone you're trying to throw up at this price, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking, but Mumford's there. But Mumford's there. But Mumford's there. So just go the Phoenix. Go the Mumford
0: going to change things up a little bit and we'll just go by ownership factor um couple that people have Darcy Ford at 117k Did Geelong have a lot of sunday games is that the case for that I think
1: um i i honestly don't know yeah. i but isn't there a Geelong bloke there at 102k who's a ruck ford uh, i'm yeah. not sure why people would be picking Blake. the
0: 117 117- his name
1: is Blake um slog Gonna that's going to be it. that's going to be a meme or two meme or two through the year. thought! And then we've uh, got
0: um, Patrick Bynes from um, West Coast as well, who's a ruck forward, 102k. So we've got quite a few of those 102k ruck forwards there that yeah. um, offer the best offer value. So make sure you check out that. Um, I know it's been on. We've retweeted it from Bryce Mitchell a couple of times. He made a sheet. Nice and early in the season, so
1: we'll oh, he's probably... beat me to it. That's usually my job on the page. Yeah,
0: we'll probably get a nice uh, another retweet. Bumps if you want to put together a nice little elite squad. Well, one as well, we'll I put anticipate,
1: it on the anticipate I anticipate binds um, would have the most Sunday games because Perth games they often get the twilight game, which is really a Sunday afternoon game in Perth. So I'd anticipate that West Coast will be a far better team for Ruck Looper than Geelong would, and he's got that Ruck forward, which suits that kind of Westhoff thinking. If You know, you were thinking about that, that we discussed earlier in the pod.
0: I might set you a challenge, Bonfer. Uh, For uh, Stats Lab on the website, you can put together a uh, sheet for the best kind of fixtures.
1: Cool, Um, that'll be done by month's end. So
0: So we'll have that up so that people can kind of follow that through and maybe a little bit of a write-up on each player too. So a little bit more in-depth analysis there and a good way to throw you under the bus, because now you have to.
1: Well, I can't say no on podcast, can I, Doris? You really screwed me there, Jesus.
0: (laughs) Uh, Some noticeable ones here West Off in 22% of teams at the current stage Goldstein 21 Uh, The Phoenix in 16 Cruiser in 15 Which is a lot higher than what I thought Um, Naismith in 10% of teams So there's obviously quite a few that like that The other one that's sitting at the same Very similar price is Billy Longer for St Kilda Mm. Um, Mm -hmm. And Darcy Cameron is a 4% 4% too. Uh, yeah. Can you, between those three, I mean, Darcy Cameron's sitting at Sydney as well, so that could almost knock a Naismith uh, philosophy out there. But I think that it's the, I say St. Kilda, Sydney, apologies. Um, I think Sydney have big reps for Naismith. Naismith and Longer, you want to give me a bit of a rundown on them? Well, I
1: guess Hickey's gone. So Longer now has the opportunity to become, well, he's the only Ruckman Connor the Saints have got, let's face it. So 5% to me, that's actually a bit low. Because that there is also a fantastic option if you're looking at Mummy. You can play Longer first two weeks, leave him on your pine, use him as a cash cow, trade him down later on, and then use Mummy. Same sort of principle. Mummy goes down with a one, two-week injury, that's fine. Longer doesn't have the injury history. He's got um, a being-dropped history. And that's not going to happen without Hickey uh, on the list no longer. So the only other person who may send Longer out of the ruck is that... um, is it Lewis Pierce? Is he still yep. around? Yep. He's still on the list. He might be the only other bloke that may do kind of that whole, you know, getting him dropped kind of thing. But
0: I gave him a couple of games at the end of last year too. The Frankston boy. They he did. They, they, did. they debuted him. Out of the, uh, in the VFL instead of, um, oh, mate, I should know this, who, Sandringham. I was about to ask who St. Kilda was Tuesday. Yeah, I know. Do right up on him weekly. Can't even remember it. Um, so I think, yeah, he, he had a great season and forced his mm-hmm. way into the AFL at the back end of the year. I think it was more just to have a bit of a look at him as a ruckman, how he'd stack up in senior footy. But there is that option there too.
1: But again, there's more options now. So we can see what St. Kilda do in the preseason. We can see what they do round one. We can have a look. Maybe we're selecting Lewis Pierce and Mumford. Maybe we're selecting Longer and Mumford. You know, maybe we're going with someone who's going to come from nowhere, um, like a Cameron, or maybe not nowhere, but, you know, come from the clouds, a Cameron or um, who's the other one from Sydney, Naismith. You know, there's potentially four options there we have to kind of link with Mumford to cover for those first two games. I, I really like this idea
0: couple of interesting ones as I've just sorted it out by teams. Um, you know, we've got Tom Bellchambers at Essendon that we briefly skipped over before. If he went down and injured or something, you got Zach Clark at hundred and forty two K. He's in thirty four percent of teams right now. I think a lot of people just know the name. The one the one name that I really like though, if it was an incident, if that was the case, is the name under him, Sammy Draper. He had some terrific VFL form. Um, last year, especially at the back end of the year, followed Essen really closely because they had a lot of uh, people pop up. So I don't know if Zach Clark would be a walk-up start if something happened to Bell Chambers, to be honest.
1: I, I would anticipate he would.
0: Well, no, I think that's what a lot of people are doing. 34% of teams, is that just way too much? Would you rather see that a lot lower and the 102K higher?
1: Nah, so I think when when people... And you've got to remember, I mean, you know, no disrespect to the community... But a lot of people at the moment will just pick people based on names than anything else. So you know they've seen Zach Clark. They oh Zach Clark. You know I've heard that name around for the last decade or so. So I'm just going to select him. His price is nice and cheap. So you know that's I think that's what's happening. And I think as we get closer to the year, we'll, we'll see kind of things um, span out a little bit. If
0: anything happened to Aaron Sandellands on the way up to the season at 361k, would Sean Darcy enter your mind more than Shane Mumford?
1: If there was, if I was kind of guaranteed he would be number one, I mean, we've seen how big of a lump of a lad he is. So he's doing nothing around the ground, and what you're going to get is, is purely hit outs. Um, he wouldn't, for me, I'd still be going Mumford, and I wouldn't, no, I just don't feel comfortable. That's probably about 100k too much than what I'd like to spend on someone like Sean Darcy.
0: I really like Sean Darcy. I think I'd be definitely having a serious look at him if something happened to. Um. Sanderlands. Spoken about Big Mac boy. You can't see Braden Pruce warranting a selection. He's in 3% of teams right now, is that?
1: No. I won't even look at that, no.
0: Yeah, it seems a little bit odd for me. Is there a way you could go the combo of Gorn and Pruce? Not yeah. as 1 and 2 Ruckman, but you obviously know what I mean, where you had...
1: Yeah, handcuffing.
0: Yeah, yeah, that real handcuffing. Well, not
1: really handcuffing, but yeah, we, I, I think what we know what we mean by handcuffing. Yeah. But, um... Could people do it? Yeah. Do I think it's a wise thing to do? No. Because
0: that's almost $900,000 in... Well, it's
1: a lot of money to spend. <laughs> Look, the, ultimately, if you've got Gorn and you're buying Pruce for your bench, you've you're probably got some other decently prized ruck on There's no need to have Pruce at that price sitting on the pine. It'd be a waste of money. So if you're selecting Pruce, you're kind of putting him on field, I think. You're not buying him as bench cover. It's about hundred k too much for a more expensive bench cover option.
0: Any of the Geelong boys take fancy at all? we got Ryan Abbott, 340k. Zach Smith, 330k. Reece Stanley, 483k. Who do you reckon finishes top out of those three? Four,
1: oh, three? Geez, that's such a hard question. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, that Abbott fella looked all right at the back end of the year last year when he, when he came into the team. But I think if one of them has to um, be the winner, I I'd, I'd, I'd feel like I'd go with Stanley just because he's a name, but... Gee, Abbott did, didn't do much wrong in kind of the back half, and he's kind of like a more of a pure ruckman than Stanley is, or whatever Geelong were hoping him to be.
0: If Geelong went into the start of the season with only Ryan Abbott selected in the ruck out of those three, any chance three hundred forty forty k
1: i i feel I still like Mumford better. So not like, like that's what I keep doing. People at this price, I keep saying what I preferred them or Mumford. I prefer Mumford.
0: Are you scared at all that Dawson Simpson comes out at the start of the season, solo rucks, and goes absolutely bananas, no. and the Phoenix doesn't get in?
1: No. They are not bringing the Phoenix out of retirement for him to be backup. He's the number one man.
0: Does that one year off scare you at all?
1: Well, I mean, no, because he was that banged up. I mean, he's probably done the world of good.
0: Oh, beautiful. And your article this week is on the Phoenix, am I correct? It is
1: on the Phoenix. Yes, it is on the Phoenix. And after this podcast, you know, having dubbed him the Phoenix, um, may have to change my wording slightly. Uh, you know, i got it all pre-written, ready to go tomorrow. So, um, yeah, I'll just change a few words in there and we'll really dub him the Phoenix, Link.
0: Beautiful. And I think that's all we have time for. This podcast went a lot longer than what I thought it would.
1: <laughs> well, we did. But you know why, though? Because Brett wasn't here, so Brett wasn't here to shut down all of our wonderful ideas like he usually does. That's
0: it. So, alright, Elitist, on behalf of Bonson and myself, uh, thank you for another beautiful podcast. Very peaceful. When Brett is not here, the the energy is kind of you know more positive all, all the way around rather than everyone yelling at each other. But uh, <laughs> um, hopefully Brett is back again next week. I know he's got a couple of work commitments at the moment, so it's a little bit tough early. Yeah. Um, but on... I'll
1: tell you what, he's employed by the bloody SC Elite C so bloody, but he get his uh, priorities straight. Oh, that bloke. It.
0: We pay more than anyone else will. So <laughs> um, on behalf of Bombs and myself, peace out community, and thanks for listening.